What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. This episode, I was lucky enough to speak to the wonderfully inspiring Miles Hopper, co-founder of the ethically-minded healthy recipe box company, Mindful Chef. On a mission to help people lead healthier lives with simple recipes and ingredients sourced from local ethical suppliers, Miles, along with his school friends Giles and Rob, founded the Mindful Chef back in 2015, and they continue to make healthy eating easier for their fast-growing customer base across the UK today. As you might imagine, the name Mindful Chef expresses everything their business hopes to be. Mindful of the suppliers they use, mindful of the ingredients they include, and mindful of their impact on the environment. A wonderful example of this is their partnership with the inspirational charity One Feeds Two. This partnership means that for every mindful meal sold, they donate a school meal to a child living in poverty. And to date, they have donated over 1.5 million meals to children in need. Just incredible. Mindful Chef is also the official nutrition partner to the English Institute of Sport, helping to power athletes in the build-up to major competitions. And their Mindful Chef cookbook, which was awarded the number one healthy eating book of 2017. With a wealth of knowledge on all things health, fitness, nutrition and business and a passion for enjoying life and making a positive difference in the world, Miles shares the Mindful Chef journey with us in this wonderful episode where you will discover how breaking your large goals down into smaller behavioral changes can help you create long-lasting change. The power of pausing to consider how you could do things a little bit better than you are currently doing them at work, in your personal life and for the world. That sometimes we all need to take a moment to look up and slow down no matter what we are doing. The importance of considering who can help you to get where you need to be. Some wonderful tips for healthier lifestyle. How taking your time with meal prep can have a huge positive benefits for your digestion and overall well-being. Tips for starting up your own business. The benefits of experiencing new things and taking the time to enjoy them. How living and breathing your values can positively influence every other aspect of your life and business. That as soon as you make one positive change, you'll start to think about ways to improve other parts of your life as well. And so much more. I know you're going to love this chat, so let's get right into it. Hi, Miles. Thank you so much for joining me today on our Dream Life podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's so exciting to have you here. I love what you have created, and I think it's perfect timing for you and your business to exist because I think so many people are struggling and we're going to dig all into what you're doing and how we can help our listeners to eat healthier and be healthier. But before we dive into your story, I like to start by getting you to think back on your childhood. I'm all about dreaming, so I would love to hear what were your dreams for the future when you were a child or was there something you wanted to do or become as a child? 
Start kicking off with the big questions. <laughs> exactly. We'll start, we'll go deep and then we'll go yeah. light. For me as a child, I grew up in a very sporty sort of family. So yeah. my dad, he actually played for their England, like rugby, when he was younger. My brothers, both very interested in sports. You know, we're, we're that sort of family where you play everything, whether it's rugby, hockey, football, swimming, athletics. You just do it all as it, as it sort of came around in the year. So for me... I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in 10 years, 15 years time, but I knew it was something to do with running around or sports, you know, and uh, the big dream, I suppose, was, okay, could I potentially go on and make a living out of this or not? As the case is, it was not, but, you know, I had a good journey along the way and a a good ride. And actually, the whole sport sort of side of of my childhood really allowed me to meet some amazing people Mm. throughout my life. Yeah. Amazing. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I think it's all about who when you start a business and everything. So I love to dig deeper into that. But let me just go back a little bit. So in 2015, together with your school friends, Giles and Rob, you co-founded the healthy recipe box company, Mindful Chef, on a mission to help people lead a healthier lifestyle with simple recipes and ingredients sourced from small ethical suppliers. Super inspiring. And I'm a farm girl, so I can completely, really, I love, love what you're doing. I'd love to know how this all came about. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a background on what you were doing before and how the Mindful Chef came to be? Sure. And so it's a true story. So I actually really enjoy telling it. So myself, I, following sort of our earlier conversation about sports and being yeah. interested in health and wellness, um, I actually played semi-professionally around the world, played in Europe and then went out to Australia and played in the Welsh Premiership and then um, due to injuries and things like that just sort of had to give it up and thought yeah. where will I go and my passion was health and wellness so I actually became a personal trainer nutritional coach and did that for the best part of 10 years and uh, as you said my two school friends so Giles uh, he was involved in marketing so worked for MC Saatchi and Rob was involved in finance you know very analytical numerical mind so what a perfect combination I know bring the three of us together yeah, and amazing. you might be able to create something right so the nice thing is we all come from Devon in the West Country, lucky enough to grow up with fantastic suppliers, amazing produce on your doorstep, but at a time where you probably take it all for granted. You know, you have friends who are farmers, you're constantly out in the countryside anyway. And it was only really when we were living in London, and especially for Giles, you know, I, I being a personal trainer, I could take care of my nutrition a bit better. But yeah. for everyone, for normal people, it, it's very hard, actually. You're very stressed. You have a lot of other worries, whether it's personal life, work life, financial burdens. Um, actually, a lot of the time, you push your wellness to the back. Yeah. And, and for us, it was how can we make this really easy? But it stems from Rob had actually taken a break from the financial side of things. I think he'd burned out a little bit. So yeah. thought, I'm going to go back home to Devon. And we were all there one summer. And Rob was working on a little two-man trawler called the Compass Rose, where we actually sourced our first fish from. It was a family friend's boat. And it was when they would come in each day, they would text about 50 of the villagers in a little WhatsApp messaging group. And they'd say, this is what we've caught today. If you'd like anything, just come down to the docks and you can get them uh, on your way back. And, you know, it's when we saw this, this group of about 50 um, other guys just waiting to buy this food that we thought that was that eureka moment. You know, this is how food should be sourced. You should be able to get it direct from supplier to people's Mm. homes. It shouldn't be on supermarket shelves or in warehouses for weeks on end. And then we thought, okay, well, recipe boxes, we've seen them in the States. That's a good way to actually facilitate this and do it. But what's really important to us, we didn't just want to be another copycat. So we thought what's really important and it was health. And that's a pain point for people. And we thought if we can make healthy eating really easy, mm-hmm. actually we can have a positive impact on people's lives. And that's really important, not rather than just creating another business that turns a profit. It was what, what's the actual personal impact we can have. And so we thought, okay, let's make healthy eating really easy, design the recipes around, you know, certain guidelines. And then, and then the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. It sounds easy. Fresh food certainly isn't. <laughs> I can just imagine having grown up on a farm and seeing, um, you know, what different farms farmers are doing. It's obviously very complex, but it's amazing that you have t- taken that on. So for people who are listening and may not have access, because we have listeners all over the world, which is amazing. So I want to focus a little bit about what we can do to help them in terms of healthy eating because as you said everyone is busy and you know we're running around like crazy and health is sadly often the last 
think people thinking about and I think our community is not like that but I would love to ask you how people can be become healthier I know you've done a cookbook let's talk mm. about your cookbook actually yeah. <laughs> I love your cookbook thank you um what so obviously people can buy that but mm. let's if they were not have access to any of that what would you cook you know give, give us some ideas on how we can do it quick and healthy and tasty so the cookbook, we're really proud of the cookbook. Um, I think it's one of those ones that you can actually pick up and you'll actually go and buy the ingredients. You know, it's only 10 ingredients. There's never more than six or seven steps. And it's one of those ones that you'll, you'll actually cook quite a few recipes from. And I think that leads on to a really important point for healthy eating. Whenever people think, oh, generally it's for a goal, right? Oh, I want to go on holiday or I want to do this or that. And so I want to lose weight or, or something. And they go from zero to 100 and there's no middle ground. And from personal experience, that's just, it's never sustainable. You can do it for a short period and it will work. But if you want to make lasting change over over time, you have to make smaller behavioral changes. So I say, don't worry about the outcome as much, outcome goal as much. What are the behavioral changes that you can make every single day? It can be as easy as, you know, eating breakfast, eating lunch, going to sleep for eight hours, you know, lots of people, or seven hours rather than the five that people are doing. Yeah. But for me, in terms of healthy eating, there are two sort of really simple ones. Um, one is get comfortable with different spices that go together because that can transform meal. A, a meal that's traditionally chicken and broccoli can be transformed by knowing what sort of spices to put together. So if it's, you know, an Italian meal, what are you doing? Is it oregano and basil and something else that's going together? And usually it can just be three, ing- three ingredients. You know, Mexican will be different again. And there's some amazing little sort of charts that you can print off of the internet and get and just put them on your fridge. And then if you have spices in your cupboards, it's very much you can go, oh, okay, what what can I pick from here? And generally three ingredients, if you have the right charts, will always go together. And, you know, you can then transform what is traditionally a very boring, bland meal mm. in something that's really exciting, really delicious, and you make it yourself. And that's the important thing about healthy eating is making it taste really good. Yeah. Because if it doesn't taste good, you're never going to continue doing no, it. No, and life is too short to not exactly. eat uh, tasty food, yeah, for sure. The joy of cooking, the joy of indulging in like some really tasty food. And then the other thing that we always say to people is forget calorie counting. Try and just get a really balanced plate of food. And that sounds really easy and people go, oh, okay, yeah, what is that? And for us, you know, calorie counting, you have to have your phone, you have to have a computer, whatever, you start putting it in. If you ever forget your phone, you're in trouble anyway calorie counts can be out by 25% either way. So it's, it's a bit of a minefield. But we use a sort of hand portion control method. And it's really easy. You can just say for your protein portion, and that can be, that doesn't have to be meat or fish. That can be, you know, beans, pulses, all yeah. that sort of stuff as well. And we say it's sort of the palm size of your hand. And then we say for your vegetables, do a fist. And then for your carbs, so that might be, you know, your pseudo grains, your pulses, whatever as well. Uh, you do a cupped handful. Yeah. And then we do a thumb of fat and that could be nuts, could be avocado, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's sort of your very basic guidelines. And for women, it's one of those. For men, it might be two. And then you can kind of sort of see how you're going towards your goal and then change it. So if you're trying to put on weight, it might be that actually you need to increase slightly. Or if you're trying to lose weight, say you're a guy and you're having two of all of those, it might be, oh, okay, at this meal, I'm going to reduce it. But that's really easy to do because you can just look at your hand, mm. look at the plate of food in mm. front of you or what you're ordering and, and it's quite easy to do. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually, I, I didn't think that people still do with calories, but obviously they are. But I, I feel like that's just so, you know, the... 90s or 80s yeah, it is right but i think for a lot of people who are i think we all take for granted a lot of people just normal people who are like trying to get a bit healthier yeah and it still does work because energy invests energy out you know mm. and, and creating that side yeah that is course. fundamentally what it is but obviously it comes down to what sort of what's the quality of food you're eating and you know what types of ingredients you're eating but for a lot of people that's the first place they start so if we can start yeah shifting people's mindset to actually Look, don't just solely look at the calories because you could eat a thousand calories of chocolate if you wanted yeah. to and you might still lose weight, but you're not going to feel very good and you're yeah. probably not going to look very good at the end of it. So really it's looking at portion sizes and what's the quality of food you're eating, what are those ingredients and sort of the makeup of a plate. Yeah. So um, tell me, when you uh, are going home tonight and you you know, you know get home you know a little bit later than you wanted to and you just want to 
do something super quick. Mm. So I understand all your recipes and, and they look amazing and I, I cannot wait to. I'm a bit of a cookbook lover yeah. and I spend a lot of time looking at the cookbooks. <laughs> but I do, when I looked at yours, when I bought yours, I just thought this is so easy and it's perfect mm. and it's it's um, it's healthy and it's, it looks super yummy. So I'm very excited to cook from it. But if you were to come home tonight and you were a little bit later and you just want to whip something up quickly, what is your like standard to go to? Like I'm sure you have, we all have a few that we have up our sleeves. Yeah, I, it's, look, it's not going it's not that exciting to be That's honest. That's exciting. I think it should be what, what you yeah. is real. It's but. generally a chili for me. Like before we started Mindful Chef, I was one of those typical people of I have about six recipes that yeah. I just cook on repeat. Yeah. And chili is just a go-to because you know it's really easy and quick to do. Yeah. Um, and you can make quite a bit at once. Yeah. And you don't really have to think about doing it. Yeah. And it's just throw it into a pan. Um, but I actually couldn't tell you the last time I probably made a chili myself because I do get I do actually get our meals every week yeah. and it's either 15 minutes 30 minutes to cook them and and actually that's the really nice thing about either using a cookbook that you can cook from or a service like Mindful Chef where actually rather than cooking seven recipes each week you're able to cook you know I had teriyaki salmon and pop joy and kale last Yum. week and then last night yeah I had a a beef and aubergine lasagna and tonight I'm gonna have a chicken tandoori i think it is wow but all healthy versions yeah, you know yeah. and that's the great thing is now i have such a repertoire of things i've cooked and a variety of different foods and flavors um, and cultures all coming together that um yeah it's really upskilled my game i suppose yeah, as well yeah. from the standard chili yeah but I, and i think it's also it's um it's what i love about the boxes and i'm sure for anyone who is not in the uk um, can get boxes everywhere but I think yours is is very healthy so make sure you find a healthy one <laughs> but what I love about that is the variety because I feel often we have those five recipes and and you you kind of lack the variety and sometimes that gets boring so I think that's where people get a bit stuck and then they go for takeaway and but sometimes doing a healthy recipe is quicker than takeaway anyway yeah definitely by the time you've actually ordered it you know it might be 40 odd minutes later until you actually get it and then you're probably sat down in front of the tv eating it and actually you just scoffed it down within 10 15 minutes and yeah. you know you don't really register that it's happened so for us one of the byproducts of creating the recipe box is actually encouraging people who never cooked before to start cooking mm. a lot more and really taking in the process. The amount of women who have said, you've encouraged my husband to start cooking because he never cooked before, but because it's so logical, everything's pre-portioned, laid out, all the recipe instructions are there. It's almost like a challenge and guys quite like competition and yeah. doing it. But, you know, food really starts, digestion starts when you're actually cooking, you know, seeing fresh food, seeing mm. all of the colors. As soon as you start chopping it, as soon as you start smelling the ingredients when they start cooking the herbs the spices all of that you know that starts your senses going and that's what starts digestion so taking time over the whole process actually encourages healthier habits as well because you don't just go and sit down in front of the tv and eat it because actually you've taken quite a while to cook it maybe 20 30 minutes to cook your healthy meal and then you actually are quite proud of the accomplishment at the end of it and yeah. you want to sit down and actually enjoy it and i think if we can get people to slow down a little bit from life because it is so busy for everyone now we're all guilty of it and it's, it's nobody's fault it's just a lot harder I think we're all so connected that if we can find ways of slowing down and, and taking a break from everything else that's going on around us um, you know we'll all be a lot better off for it mm. and is that what um, the mindful because you guys are called the mindful chefs is that <laughs> what it came from it's a combination that is definitely one element of it the sort of holistic well-being side we thought you know with our backgrounds we're all interested in wellness anyway my background especially we sort of noticed yes that people are a lot busier and actually cooking allows you an escapism from a lot of things like technology you know when you're following a recipe you can't necessarily be watching the tv at the same time if yeah. you're cooking a standard chili yes. you probably could because you know exactly what's going in but when you're following a new recipe you can't do that and um, the other side of it was really being mindful of things like our suppliers our supply chain so are we using the best ingredients for our customers are we actually sourcing from amazing local independent farms are um, and how and then how are we treating our customers well you know our first customers were family and friends mm -hmm. our first employees are family and friends so really you know one of our values is personal and it's really how do we maintain that as we grow as well and um, so really it goes throughout the business and then yeah how are we treating our staff you know that sort of side of things and and I think that's all 
all come to fruition. Yeah, and all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I just realized that you were number one healthy eating cookbook of 2017. I will help uh, cookbook, yeah, by the independent. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Congratulations! Yeah, Thank you. I yeah. didn't realize that. Why do you think it was such a success? Uh, the cookbook, especially. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think healthy eating. You know, we've had some amazing chefs come out in the last sort of ten, fifteen years. Really, champ- I mean, there's been amazing healthy chefs before yeah. then, but yeah. really, sort of the healthy movement over the last ten years. But I think for a lot of people, it from the outside normal people who have busy busy lives don't necessarily have the money or the time to go shopping at whole foods every week and and buy some of these obscure ingredients i think they really struggled with it with recipes that are 40 ingredients long 30 ingredients long yeah so i think our success has been built fundamentally around looking at people who are like us and going they're really time poor they're getting busier but they really want to actually find balance and eat a bit healthier. Everyone wants to be a bit healthier, but how can you make it really easy for people and convenient? And I think we just came up with not a recipe for success, but we came up with a, uh, you know, a sort of model that really makes that easy and achievable for normal people. And it's not about saying to them, you have to do this seven days a week. All of your meals are like this. You know, it's giving them the freedom and choices to be able to make good decisions. Because when you get three, two or three meals a week from Mindful Chef, let's just take the UK, for example, our customers, when they get two or three dinners a week and they usually get them on a Monday and it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, healthy starts the week. They also make healthier decisions on those days. They go, "Ah, actually, I'm going to get something a bit healthier for lunch or I'm going to have a a good breakfast today because I've got my Mindful Chef this evening or I had Mindful Chef last night, you know, and and it's sort of that cognitive um, feeling and also then they have the balance that towards the end of the week you know they're still going to go out with their friends they're still going to have dinners maybe with clients or whatever and they're still going to have friends around and that's the whole point is life's way too short not to be able to indulge these things and actually enjoy yourself so yeah. if you do want to have a burger at the weekend or you know go out for some drinks you should be able to but we just say okay at the beginning of the week we'll make it super easy convenient and healthy for you and here's what you can do yeah love that it's a it's all about balance isn't it Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think you know, when you have a goal, obviously, sometimes you throw yourself 100% into it and yeah. you can achieve it. But generally, if it's a complete life change, for a lot of people, it's too much and they can't sustain that. Yeah. I think by making smaller, easier changes and understanding that it's okay to still enjoy yourself, still go out. And actually, healthy eating can be really enjoyable too. Don't yeah, oh, absolutely. And cooking healthy food. But you can still do all of the things you want to do. It's just about how can I make smaller changes that will last longer and actually yeah how can i make behavioral changes that will fit in with with my lifestyle yeah yeah and i think the healthier you become the more healthy you want to be so it's kind of a compound effect anyway so yeah it's like it's like i said as soon as you make one change you start thinking about other parts of your life and you go oh, okay actually well if i did this well i'm starting to feel better because i've changed my healthy eating yeah. uh, my eating patterns yeah. And then you go, oh, actually, I know, I kind of know, actually, if I get more sleep, that I'll probably feel better as well. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll start, maybe I'll go to sleep a little bit earlier, or maybe I won't binge on another TV series. Maybe I'll go up and read a book half an hour before bed or something and wind down a little bit easier. So it's really interesting. You start making smaller changes throughout the rest of your life. And yeah, yeah that, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, beautiful. I saw that you also partnered with the charity One Feeds Two donating meals to children living in poverty and so far you have donated over 1 million meals to children in Malawi Mm -hmm. that is just incredible and it's something that's really close to my heart because um, as we are speaking I'm going to Africa tomorrow so I'm very excited about that and um, love supporting people who are less fortunate than us can you share more about how working with this wonderful charity came about so it was something we always wanted to do. So that mindful chef element was, okay, not only will it be the business, but how can we use business to sort of inspire social and environmental change as well? Restaurants are great because there's no food wastage, which is one of the biggest um, global contributors to climate change. So that's fantastic. And then from a social responsibility side, we're like, what else can we do? And we have less than half a percentage, I think, of food waste each week, which actually then goes round to charities like Fair Share or City Harvest, these like people who will distribute to homeless shelters, after school programs, those sorts of things. So that's great. And then we thought, well, how can we do it a bit bigger and sort of globally, yeah. uh, like you say? And 
we've spoken to One Feeds 2 a couple of times, but actually, believe it or not, we were probably too small for them at the beginning, yeah. which is always amazing when you're trying to join charities, yeah. uh, but always seems to be the way. And then as we got a bit bigger, you know, it became something that we could afford to do as well and, and really involve our community in. That's what we want to do. Is we're trying to find another way of involving our customers and community in something a bit bigger than Mindful Chef as a recipe box because yeah. we don't just see ourselves as a recipe box. We think we do a lot more things than that. And so for every every meal our customers buy, we donate a school meal to a child in poverty. Now, the, the really important thing there is it's a school meal because education is the only way for these children to get out of poverty and, yeah. and bring themselves out. And yeah, it was amazing. Like you, we uh, we actually got to travel there in, I think it was uh, yeah, May this year. Yeah. I was trying to think then. I was like, what, yeah, month, yeah. what month are we in now um, in May? Yeah. So we passed through the million meals in March and we thought, okay, this is actually a time where we can afford to put some money behind this and go out and really see what's happening on the ground, where this food's going. And it was incredible because we went to several schools, one sort of a slightly older one and then one for sort of two to five-year-olds as well. And you're sat there and these children, they are in some sort of, you know, hard circumstances. Um, you know, for a lot of them, it will be their one meal a day. We spoke mm -hmm. to the teachers. We said, out of all of these children here, you know, a couple hundred, how, how many meals would they get at home? They go, they would, about 60%, they wouldn't. This is their one meal. Mm. But you wouldn't know that because they're all so happy yeah. and joyful. And for some of them, they might walk an hour to get to school as well. Mm -hmm. But they come in to get these school meals and their parents will actually send them to school because they know that they're getting a meal rather than sending them out either out to work or um, to go and find food elsewhere. So that's a great thing. Speaking to these um, headmasters, headmistresses and the local village chiefs, they actually say attendance has risen dram dramatically since they've implemented these school programs. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really nice thing for us to be involved in. I think we've done, we're coming up to one and a half million meals now. And that's in like tangible terms, I think that would be the equivalent to putting about 7,000 children through school for the year with um, school meals. And as I said, it's just such a valuable thing for them. And, you know, it's just something nice for us to be involved in as well. Yeah, beautiful. Well done. That Thank you. sounds amazing. And um, I'll be thinking about if we, I'm visiting um, Dr. Tara Trent's um, schools that she has done in partnership with Oprah Winfrey. And we are donating um, $250,000 worth of um, stationery. So, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, notebooks and pens and um, backpacks and water bottles etc but I don't know what their situation with food in terms of school meals are so I will maybe knock on your door yeah, see, yeah, see what's going it's, yeah. it's really interesting I mean and um, also the the sort of backpack stationary element you know having been in some of the schools just in Malawi they don't have well the ones we visited anyway they don't have desks they don't have pens they don't have paper it's quite incredible they everything's learned um, verbally yeah. and, you know, following the teacher and then repeating. And it, it's incredible. Even the two to five-year-olds, you know, they, they'll speak to you in English. They'll do one to 10. They'll do the months of the year. They'll introduce themselves. They, all of this amazing thing. I'm like, I struggle to speak any other languages, yeah, you know, yeah. you see these younger children. But one of the, the great things that you can do is actually things like you're doing in terms of stationery and actually giving them a notepad. So, um, some pens or pencils a backpack full of some other things you know that's really valuable to them because for some children they don't have any sh shoes so just giving them a pair mm -hmm. of flip-flops they don't actually have they have hand-me-down t-shirts or yeah. clothes things like that so even just a t-shirt or a toothbrush all of these things are really valuable that we sort of take for granted every yeah. day but for these guys a lot of time they either don't have it or it's, or it's been handed down from family member to family member yeah yeah no i'm um... I'm excited to go and see because I think there's nothing like you. You can read about it and you can hear about it, but um, actually see it. And I'm bringing Axel, our oh, yes. 11-year-old, and I think that's going to be kind of life-changing for him. And he's gone to a sports shop and bought um, soccer balls yeah, and cricket I've, bats and things like that they'll so, love that yeah. we, we took some balls out and that was the first thing I think we had sort of the sports teacher or the guy did the sports just sort of you know almost he was like thank you so much yeah. for the balls because that's just yeah they can all play play around that and yeah. do that and you'll notice I think with Axel you know there'll be very few differences actually when he's just there yeah absolutely. it's just like other 11 year olds as yeah. well they're all just very happy and just want to actually interact and play yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So you seem very strong with values around supplies who work with, the ingredients you use in your recipes and the impact on the environment. 
Can you share with our listeners a little around your core values and how you came to identify them for yourself, but also for the business? Because I think it's easy to say certain values, mm. but to living them, to live your values and live and breathe them within the business, but also self, it's not always as easy as it sounds. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not always just things plastered on the wall. So I suppose. For us, we didn't necessarily write down our values until probably we were three years old. And then yeah. we thought, actually, we've, you know, we've got more staff now. Maybe we do just need to spell it out for, yeah. for people um, mm-hmm. and just sort of make it not official, but just so people can see. But really, it was the whole ethos behind, okay, how can we do things a little bit better than they're currently being done? And if money and you know all of these things weren't an option at all what what would you do what's right for the environment what's right for you personally what's right for other people um, and i think that's where mindful chef stemmed from like i said earlier look, okay so one of the values is mindful so mindful of our suppliers the customers and our impact on the environment and and society around us and you know really that stems from great suppliers used not just getting the cheaper ingredients but making the harder decisions to actually pay more for your ingredients because let's take chicken for example you know free-range chicken is far more expensive than just getting you know yeah. warehouse chicken but we, that's a decision we made early on and we, we've never gone away from it because we thought well actually what is better for suppliers what is better for the environment what is better for our customers and that was a decision we made even when times have been very hard mm. and you don't have as much money or as many customers and actually it'd be you'd be it'd be a lot easier just to take the easier route so that's sort of that's one side personal is another one and that really stems from uh, as i said earlier the sort of uh, your customers being the first ones being family and friends and your first employees being family and friends you know i remember when we were working in a tiny little warehouse where we a quarter the size of this room trying to do boxes and stupidly we decided to send boxes on a sunday and monday so you lost your weekends for about a couple of years <laughs> and you know we'd be up at 6 a.m packing until 6 p.m and you know you'd be calling any sort of friends or family that you could just on the phone go god could you come and pack a few boxes today help us out and you know we also thought if we're chatting to customers how would we want to be spoken to we didn't want to be another faceless corporation Mm. that's why Giles and I are lucky enough to come and do things like this and we like doing podcasts and speaking to people at events and things like that so people can actually get to know the brand and realize there are people behind it you know when you speak to the the guys on customer service Siobhan those got um you know Carolina those guys they are real people and they are sat down in the office with us right through to our content manager like Olivia you know they're all real people who've been with us for a long time so really it's that creating that relationship between ourselves and our wider community so that's another one and then the other one is unafraid and that's really trying to lead from the front you know we are a small business um, well as you said we were we're getting bigger you know but we're up against some really well-funded competitors not only in the uk the um you know HelloFresh globally yeah you know both have had 100 million plus put into their companies in the uk and if we'd just been another copycat and not try to innovate constantly try to do things differently break the mold then i think we would have you know we would have had to have left the uk a long time we would have just ceased to exist i think a long time ago and actually it's quite interesting you see all the other companies start to follow and do similar things yeah whether it's as simple as to make things easier, we put all our ingredients in a brown paper bag, sort of like your grocery shopping in the States or something, yeah. and you just put it straight into your fridge and then there it is. Everyone else just used to put all of the meals into a box and you had to sort of play a game of guess which ingredient goes yeah, in which. Yeah, yeah. And then you see everyone does that now. Yeah. You know? And we sort of, we just changed things, becoming a B Corp, doing the one feeds two. You start seeing oh, other people are starting to think about doing it. What are you doing in packaging? We're trying to lead from the front there. Yeah. And when I say, you know, we were talking about putting values just up on a wall for something to see, we sort of had all of these and they were inherent, but then we thought, how can we get our our community involved? So we actually took all of the staff at the time, I say all of them, it's probably about 12 yeah. of us, yeah, yeah. and we went then to Lululemon's flagship store in the UK. Yeah, the Regent uh, Street. Yeah, the yeah. Regent yeah. Street. Yeah. So we have a good relationship with those guys and took one of our, our board members, who's an amazing brand strategic sort of mind, and we said to the team, what do you think Mindful Chef is? What are the values that you really hold dear? And then from that day, we sort of came up with those three and, and that's now how everyone sort of lives and breathes the company day yeah. to day. Beautiful. And I think you said something before, which one of the favorite things that I do is like, if you had all the money in the world or all the money you needed for your business, 
what would you do? And I think that's such a, you know, part of my book, it's all about dreaming because I think that's where it all should start. So you don't, because often we don't have all the money right. as businesses so or personally, or uh, we don't have, um, we have doubts and we have all sorts of different things that kind of take us away from really dreaming big and dreaming. So I always ask, you know, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Because, you know, most businesses fail in the beginning. So if you couldn't fail, what would you actually do? And then you you get to those kind of values and you do things that are really important to you. So I love that you're doing that. Yeah, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about dreaming. Do you feel like you're living your dream life? Yeah, I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I'm saying dream life, I don't actually think dream life is a perfect life because if you have you know, what you're doing in terms of dreaming big and about your business, there will be challenges. So when I talk dream life, it's not a, it's not a life sure. without challenges because I do believe as I was talking in before we started that there is no such a thing mm. as a perfect life and the bigger the dreams, the more challenges, but that almost comes without saying, I'm just yeah. thinking, you know, are you loving it? And, and if you're not, what are your dreams? Yeah. You, you, you certainly appreciate the ups more when you have some of the downs. Don't oh, you? If absolutely. it was all up, 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 I think you'd just take it all for granted. Absolutely. And, and you wouldn't appreciate it. I really enjoy, yes, I am enjoying my life. I love it. I love Mindful Chef. What I would say is I also, I actually really enjoyed my life before Mindful Chef as well. You yeah. know, I was pretty successful in what I was doing. I could dictate the hours I worked. So I really had a good work-life balance and really enjoyed it. What I say Mindful Chef really allowed me to do was probably dream a bit bigger. Mm. You know, so I had this healthy eating message in sort of way I thought people should eat. And then it was, I would only ever be able to reach a certain amount of people doing what I was doing. Yeah. Mindful Chef, you know, we feed over 30,000 people a week yeah. now. And the recipe, and as you said, the cookbook goes to more people Absolutely. further afield. So for me, that's just amazing being, if there's in some small way, we're able to help encourage people, have some, play some small part in them living a slightly healthier life, then amazing. But, you know, we do do some, I always say whenever times are bad or, you know, you think, oh God, this day's dragging a bit or whatever. I think sometimes if you stand back from it, because sometimes you're just too close, you can stand back and, and see some of the positive things that the business does. And that's why I say it's bigger than just a recipe waltz. It's not just sending food to people yeah. each week. There's a lot of other things. You know, you might have like an amazing review on Trustpilot and, you know, it can be anything from a mum saying, oh, you've taught my seven-year-old and four-year-old who've never been interested in cooking how to cook because, like I said, it's really easy yeah. and it's step-by-step step and you do it. Or whether it's we have people who've been widowed and they haven't cooked for 10 years because they've just lost their inspiration. And then you find out from their children, oh, by the way, you've managed to encourage my dad or my mum back to cooking. And yeah. you're like, wow, that's really incredible. We never actually set out to do these things, but you hear about it and you're mm. like, oh, that's that's really great. And there's lots of other health sort of benefit ones that people get as well. And then we do the one feeds two stuff or you think bigger, the sort of food wastage element that response is sort of challenge. And you go, okay, well, actually we're playing a part in actually changing you know, we're changing how people eat. It's quite a big thing that happens with recipe oh, boxes. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's changing the model of none of my friends now go and do the big grocery shop on a Sunday. Like it doesn't happen yeah. because everyone's too busy or they're trying to enjoy their weekends. So it's very much they're topping up or picking up after work and things like this. And really, recipe boxes are changing that completely, trying to give you back more time, make it more convenient for you. So actually, lots of people aren't stopping in shops on their way home, you know. So it's quite a big shift. And actually, yeah. the big benefit of that is the food wastage element and not having anything left in. So, and yeah, it's enjoyable. I mean, it's, you know, it's our company. I get to work with two old friends from school and we actually work with lots of other friends as well, whether it be lawyers or, you know, whatever, yeah. um, who are part of it. And yeah, I think it's just a really interesting space to be involved in. We're in online food, which is only 7% in the UK, yeah. which is just tiny. Massive if you think about potential. That, because everyone on their phones, ordering deliveries, yeah. Ubers, everything, um, it's still only 7%. That's only going to increase. And then we're also in health and wellness, which is obviously probably third on everyone's agenda mm. um, in terms of like personal, what's going on after, in the UK, Brexit probably, <laughs> and yeah. terrorism. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, it's a massive shift towards health and wellness. And, and we're right in the heart of it as well with the healthy eating side. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you guys are doing is incredible. As it, It's not just about the food, it's about so many other things. So it's amazing. A lot of our listeners 
are dreamers, people who want to create their own dream lives, whatever that is for each individual, because it's all very different. But I know that there's a lot um, that I have come across that wants to either do a project in terms of helping others or start their own business. And I think you're doing both really brilliantly. So can you give some tips for anyone who's dreaming about setting up their business? Um, What would you give them some advice on that? Setting up a business. (laughs) Okay, so I have two probably bits that I sort of tell people. One is to just get started in some instances. I think too many people wait for the perfect opportunity or or try and create the perfect business model or idea. Sometimes you just have to try things. Like we when we started Mindful Chef, we had three recipes. You could there was no choice whatsoever. And you know, I think we're probably getting boxes from, you know, a local shop and just like sending them out. And we're like, let's just see if this idea even works. And then if it works, we can get a bit bigger. Too many people are concentrating on I need to have X amount of money straight away. I need to have all these employees, blah, blah, blah. We literally started three of us, kept all of our jobs at the time and just worked, you know, um, well, second jobs as Mindful Chef essentially yeah. and just got it out there to see. We now have 16 recipes. There's loads of choice and you know you have you get it delivered on four different days and all sorts of things. So your business will adapt and grow over time but I think just start with something and yeah. just see if it's actually viable because if you put too much into it and actually maybe you're wrong but yeah. maybe it just doesn't work for factors that are outside of your control or you just maybe you need to shift something and make it a bit different. You won't know that until you actually try it. So yeah. don't put all your eggs in one basket straight no, away. That's really good because um, there's there's two quotes that comes to mind. I love quotes. Um, one is, um, it's about progress, not perfection. I always have that. You know, yeah, I, like that. Um, I I feel like if you want to be, and being a bit of a perfectionist, it's kind of a difficult one. So a lot of listeners will be like that. But um, always thinking about let's just um, let's just start and um, there's another quote that I I think I say that on every podcast but it's you don't have to be great to start but you actually have to start to be great so that obviously comes with business as well so just get it going and in a small way and then my partner Paulie always says action beats inaction so just do something and just move forward and then you can adapt and change and I think regardless how much you plan today in today's environment in terms of business it's changing so quickly so you need to be agile anyway so you don't have to plan for a business that's going to be for five years you can just start and you know obviously do some planning and make sure that you don't lose it all but i think that's such a great advice yeah, absolutely i think it stems into every aspect of life as well doesn't it really there's no perfect time for anything i think you just you decide do i really want this do i want to take the first step and then you sort of go you know whether that's oh, I want to join a gym, but I'm not going to do it until, you know, three weeks time because I've got a bit too much on. Sometimes it's just, can you just start something tomorrow? And actually then once you've started it, you can just continue. But the other sort of piece of advice I quite like is I was very lucky that I had two friends who I started a business with. Sometimes, you know, there are obviously negatives to it, but generally they're all positives and, you know, two always beats one, so you can always make a decision. But it's also from the the side of actually being able to speak to someone and having that support network. So for a lot of people, they actually start themselves and, you know, they don't have anyone. I can't imagine how difficult that is. Yeah. So I would say if you don't have anyone that you're going into business with, then try and get a mentor early or, you know, we set up a board actually very early, which really helped us sort of get advice on different challenges, where we should push the business, where we should stretch it and actually just, just sound advice from people who might be more experienced or, you know, have a bit more knowledge in areas that you don't have personal experience in to yeah. be able to help you. Yeah, I think that's such a good advice. And for anyone who's listening, sometimes the board, in my view, when I was younger and didn't know much business, I always felt a bit wary about boards, but I felt it was very corporate and very big. But um, we started with an advisory board, so it doesn't have to be, um, you know, in terms of the legal side of it. It could just be where you get a few people around around the table and table a few things that you you know struggling with or or want some second opinions or advice about and just have a few coffees and discuss it so there was different ways of doing boards and I think that's a really good one and did you have any mentors outside of the business not outside actually it's something we're looking at a bit more now as the business is really starting to to grow even yeah. bigger and just say you know when you go from three of you working in a tiny apartment to 10 of you working in a slightly bigger apartment (laughs) to 34 working in you know offices and things like that is actually you know there's lots of 
elements of business that you might not have experience in yeah you know whether it's down to management hr culture all these sorts of things which obviously from an outside perspective all look great and then sometimes you just need to delve in and go oh, actually maybe maybe we could do a bit of help here or there yeah. and we're quite lucky because you know we all our hires everything are done according to our values and yeah. actually it's from a lot of people who really want to work for business so we don't have many problems but yeah. i think as you just scale you know inevitably you will at some point something will happen so yeah we're tr- starting to look at should we get some out external mentors who can provide a bit more guidance advice um who've done it before potentially yeah. rather than us three who, who you know haven't and yeah and they're just sort of winging it yeah absolutely. and you know it's in my book i talk about um who I, I, if I have an idea, I rarely just think about what. I often just think who has done this before in terms of, and sometimes you don't know them, but you can read about them. I mean, internet now is just incredible um, because you can find out so much information or inspiration, um, but also, um, you know, who has done it before. And regardless of what industries, you know, there are so many things that have been done before that you can learn from. So I always think who. Yeah, I, I think people are really protective sometimes over their ideas too much and it detrimental you know yeah. we yes if we've got a big launch or something new it's something we might keep it under wrap but you know actually we go out and meet as many different entrepreneurs um sort of businesses similar age to us similar growth to us and you know go and pick the brains of the guys who've started that as well to see what, what's been what's worked for them what could we how could we help how could they help us and actually just learn from from others you know we've actually gone and met all of the other recipe walks. So we were going down to Riverford and meeting Guy down there. He took us out on the farm in the early days. He had lunch. So yes, there's always a healthy competition, but actually there's a lot you can learn because there's a far bigger sort of message and, and goal that we're all trying to get to as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you, if, if you think about how many people in the world that you you um, you can feed, there is room for a lot of people. So um um, a lot of businesses like you so I think that's a really good way of looking at it and I think one of the things that I when I started the business is what I was never looking at the competition because then you spend all your energy looking sideways or back versus I was like and we we got we still get very much copied but in the early days I was like if we had something we're just like let's just move on let's just do something different and mm. evolve and change versus spending all that time and energy on fighting about something that it's very hard to win, first of all. But yeah. secondly, you put all that energy versus putting on something new and exciting. So I think yeah. that's a, it's a good one, a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Before we finish off, there I love to, in my book, I talk about getting inspiration from others and experience from others, which we just spoke about. But is there anyone in the world that inspires you that you kind of looking, look for inspiration from in terms of not maybe not knowing? It could be someone you know, but also someone that you might not know. I think there are some really fantastic companies who you look at and you sort of see they're doing things really well. How could we do them similarly? So, yeah. I mean, for us, we're looking at like the environmental, social sort of side of things and like Patagonia obviously come up there and Yvonne, um, he, he sort of runs that and he's got some amazing books and you can just look through them and read them and sort of take bits that you like and can maybe put them into your, your business. So we, we look at companies and we think, how are they doing it? that that's great um people wise i know i was i'm quite a homeboy you know in terms of just hard work and things like that then i just look at my mum so my mum my, i lost my dad at an early age lost him when i was 15 um so she had to raise four children put them through private school as well and you know we didn't have a lot of money but she just didn't want us to to take us out and you know so she's always worked two jobs ever since i could remember and she's the first person who will come up help you out with the grandchildren you know if you're moving house anything like that she's always the first person to come up and do that so in terms of like hard work and and sort of family orientated then i just look to my mum which sounds a bit of a cop out no i think it's amazing if you have if you that would obviously um, be influencing you in the way you work for sure yeah well i think you know when you're you're sat there at a 6 a.m on a sunday or whatever and you're packing some boxes and then you're still there at 6 p.m and you're only done you know back in the day like 100 boxes or whatever which they pack in about 10 minutes these days and then you go home and you have to deal with customer service and things like this and then you sort of i think if you've grown up around sort of similar hard-working people i think it just sort of yeah it gives you that perspective of actually okay crack on a bit you yeah. know knuckle down and you'll get through this it's yeah. all right 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on a farm, so I've seen it I've seen firsthand. That first well. Absolutely, yeah. but um, yeah, and I think it's really um, it's a positive, and you know, I think for me being a mum now and having kids and you know being away a lot and working a lot, but they kind of grown up part of the business and being able to travel the world and you know there's a positive and there's a negative in every in all of that you know it's funny because I went um, horse riding with Tiffany and all she wants is a horse and I had a horse but all I wanted was to travel and she gets to travel so you often want what you don't have and uh, but I think everything inspires you and then you choose whatever is right for you obviously yeah. and I, I always look at my mind now and I go oh, you know if you could just find a bit more balanced to like because she still works you know an incre- incredible amount i'm like and so that yeah like you say there's always the positives because you take that inspirational hard working side but then i'm all i also think well you know is she eating that well is she yeah. sleeping that much you yeah know, should she actually be trying to sort slow of down slow bit. down a bit and yeah. she won't she's constantly going at 100 miles per hour because that's yeah. all she's ever known and that's what she's used to so like you say yeah there's always if you're an outsider looking in you'd be like absolutely not thank you i don't want to be doing this seven days a week yeah, yeah. But, yes so i think before we finish up i think you should share some tips to our listeners if you want to about how people can get a bit more healthy not just you know uh, food but also because you're you were a personal trainer. So mm. for anyone who is struggling a little bit with that, what would you say could be their first steps? Yeah, so like we said earlier, you'll have an outcome goal. Outcome very much goal-orientated, like I'm going on holiday, I want my six-pack or something yeah. like that. And then it's breaking it down to behavioral goals. How can I actually get there? Nobody really does that. They just look at the outcome goal. Mm. If you can break them down into behavioral goals, which it might be, okay, well, I know, let's just take that example. I need to lose four pounds or something okay well how how am i actually going to get there and it might be okay well i need to include more vegetables so i'm going to my behavioral goal is i'm including vegetables at every single meal yeah now that doesn't sound like rocket science but i guarantee you 90 percent of people who are either listening or to this aren't eating enough vegetables for yeah. example so it's about how can i break down these goals eating more veggies that's an easy one but yeah. we really don't do enough of it Sleep more, it will make a massive impact on on your life. All of our metabolic, hormonal functions, processes happen while we're sleeping as well as when we're awake, but really take place when we're sleeping. So actually, if you can just increase it slightly or try and get that golden sort of like seven, eight hours of sleep, you will start to feel better and you will just have more energy and and actually can really help with people who are struggling to, to lose weight and things like that who aren't necessarily getting enough sleep just another stress on their body so if you can remove that it can also help and then portion control like portion control is massive i know we spoke about it earlier but today because getting food delivered especially like takeaways things like that is so easy a lot of the time it's packed with the cheap stuff that's really easy to send and just Mm -hmm. as big and fills you up so you're happy with it and you're like oh that was value for money of course it was and it's just gone crazy plates are all bigger bowls are all bigger portion sizes are all bigger if you ever speak to you know the older generations like my grandparents things they're like gosh you all eat a lot don't you and actually it's okay how can we how can we get change that? So that's probably the biggest one I, I would always tell my clients when yeah. I was a best trainer is mm-hmm. portion control and making sure that's actually in balance and correct. And how about fitness then? Because not everyone will be be uh, thinking about weights mm-hmm. and looks, but in terms of fitness to feel great and sometimes because of time and you know all the other things that we have to do for people who are busy to get some more movement into yeah. their life, what would you as a personal trainer so this is probably twofold um off the top of my head. one would be there's always a little bit more time you just have to allocate it correctly yes. you know well, so yeah. it's like how important is the fitness and health mm-hmm. to you because sometimes it could be as easy as i know for example last night i watched two hours of like tv yeah you know and actually could i put 30 minutes into just doing something yeah. else and nine times out of ten you probably could yeah. sometimes you'll have yes the busy work day and you get home really late and actually you just need to eat and you're too tired and you want to go to bed that's fine we all have that but can you do something and it doesn't necessarily have to be going to the gym it doesn't necessarily have to be an hour-long session of weights or whatever sometimes it can just be okay did I get out and go for a walk with my family this weekend or something like that? That's what I always think. If I'm, you know, I've got a little two-year-old. So, you know, if I go and I'll tr- always, generally I'll try and train because for me mentally it really helps. Yeah, Otherwise absolutely. I'm a bit of a grouch. So, but if I miss something or I do something else, then it's actually, well, what else am I doing this week? That's probably helped towards my overall health 
what's health and well-being and most of the time a lot of us will be doing that you know whether it's going for a walk with your children going getting out on the farm in your case with them you know taking them for a horse ride or something like that you're probably doing something that is actually related back to well-being but yeah. you're just not classing it as a fitness session yeah. or a hit session so you don't you take it for granted so my one piece of advice there would be just do something and get started yeah yeah that's a good one and you know talking about television it's funny because i um when people say they don't have time i always say give me your phone and i'll tell you where your time is because we spend so much time on mobile me included so i'm not saying that i'm perfect but we do spend a lot of time on on social media so if you remove that you probably have that hour to to work out and and the other thing that i always talk about is to get up earlier Mm. and but you then need to go to bed earlier because you need still your sleep so it's not like cutting sleep hours here but you know, I was up early going for a walk. I love walking in London yeah. early, especially now in this time of the year because it's so, um, you know, it's sun is up yeah. early. And just to walk around St. James Park, it's just, you know, it's see the, road, yeah. the Buckingham Palace. It's just so beautiful. So wherever you are, you, you can always walk regardless if you're in the city or in, or in the country. So walking, I find, is just a really good one to, yeah. to add more to. I think it comes down to choices, doesn't yeah. it? And it's just, you know, Sometimes you just have to say, oh, okay, how much do I really want to do this? Yeah, and then, exactly. And then can you make a small change? Like we said, if you try and change everything at once, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to make myself breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. You know, all of these things, you're not going to be able to do them all. Yeah. So it's yeah. how can you, maybe you go, okay, twice a week, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier so I can actually go for a walk or I can go for a jog or maybe I'll go to the gym or something like that. And actually, how do you feel after that? Can you make it lasting change rather than try saying, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day this week and go to the gym? It just won't happen. No. Even no. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think really um, it's another good point there is really to do something that you enjoy because I love my walk so much. I can't see myself not doing that, like wherever I am. And it doesn't happen every day, but it's 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 something that I really miss if I don't do. So I think when people find something they love, whatever that is, and it's not always class- classified as that one-hour session. It could just be like walking two stops earlier from a bus or whatever yeah so, absolutely yeah. or finding a hobby like you say that you you're interested in that has something to do with sort of actually really? nail it down it's it's you are actually being healthy while you're doing it yeah yeah so. absolutely i would love to finish off by asking you a few questions that i know our listeners would love to hear your answer if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life what would you say so i recently read ben fogel's book up um, where he went up to Everest. So um, I haven't read that. I've not read it. It's, yeah. really, it's really good actually because it tells all about the experience, but then also just how he sort of sees life and views risk and things like this. It's quite interesting. And um, Victoria Pendleton obviously did it with him, and she's sort of an invested mindful chef, so she's quite close to us. So it's really interesting seeing how she got on. But he, one of his pieces of advice was for more people to look up, and I think it's a really good one because, as you said, we're all on phones. We're all like all we're in computers now very much and you're constantly looking down and being from the southwest you know i'm from a place where people say hello a lot you know they're they're generally looking up talking in london it's very different you know we're all very busy we're just trying to get from a to b and actually we're trying to answer an email en route yeah so i think if more people just looked up and took time to sort of appreciate what's going on around them then we'd all be a lot happier within ourselves and actually you know one of the big things to happiness and finding balance in life is community and, you know, your involvement with and talking and interacting with other people. Yeah. So that's just quite an easy way. I was caught myself doing it actually when I was getting on the train here this morning. I was looking at my face. I was like, I'm going to put it away for a little bit and just yeah. look around at a few people and just see what's going on because actually you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. They don't know what's going on in yours. And actually just even a simple catching of eyes or just a smile to somebody without it being too creepy yeah. is, uh, you know, can really make somebody else's day. Yeah. And actually, you know, so I just think that's quite a nice thing. To yeah, do. that's a really good one. And um, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but um, we, in May, in our business, we often do a challenge. It's often removing a habit or adding a habit. And um, a couple of years ago, Mark, in our in our team, he decided to, his challenge for May was to not use his phone when he was commuting. So he was on a tram or a bus, but I think tram and in Melbourne. And he was seeing buildings and things that he hadn't seen because of, because we, I mean, we're all guilty of it. And, you know, we're trying to utilize time. So completely understand that. And I'm, I'm doing the same, but it's a really good one to remind everyone to maybe look up a bit more. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for sharing that. 
You already mentioned a book, but I'm such an avid reader and I'm always interested to know what your favourite book is and why. Favourite book and why? That's quite a difficult one, isn't it? In terms of like sort of this podcast, probably one that's quite useful for people and I actually really enjoyed and it's really easy. I do like Tim Ferriss's Tool of Titans. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's really easy and digestible, especially if you're quite busy and you know, you don't necessarily always have an hour at the end of the night, but you just have 15, 20 minutes. You know, that's quite an easy one where you can read a really great tip or piece mm-hmm. of advice or something, a habit that you might want to include in your daily life. Um, so that's one that I really enjoy. I also, generally, if I go on holiday, I like reading autobiographies, things like that. Yeah. I found some of the Obama ones before you got into office just really interesting. I'm also not that up to date with like American politics and things like that and how it all works. So actually just seeing the background to that and history, just really interesting. And yeah. just, I think he's quite inspirational and just the way he, his take on everything. So Absolutely. that's probably my favorite one. Yeah. Two great books. Tim Ferriss book. I, I love that one because it's bite size and, a lot of people that I meet say they don't have time to read and it's a very thick book. But it's a big it's, old book. But <laughs> it's divided in um, so much uh, bite-sized yeah. information from different people. I think it's a brilliant book. So, And obviously Obama is amazing. So both great. Thank you so much for sharing. I would love to know if you have a favorite Kiki K product and if you don't, a favorite stationary product. Do you know what? I don't use I don't use that much stationery anymore. So my favorite stationery product would probably just be a really good notepad. So, you know, whether I use it for work or actually we went on this really inspiring weekend away with Blue Lemon a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it was four days. Giles and I thought, God, this is a long time to be out of work. Do we really want to go? They wouldn't tell us what it was about. And we decided we'd go in the end. And it was yoga, meditation, mindfulness. And actually I thought, God, this meditation mindful sort of thing although we're called mindful chef you know actually yeah. doing it four days intensively i don't think this is for us but yeah. actually when we did it and we were immersed in it and the sort of meditation side and writing down things like your goals your day-to-day journals things that are going on actually have like a really positive profound effect so actually yeah. now i've got this really nice notebook that i've kept from that and actually it's just keeping sort of a daily journal of what's gone on anything you know future goals those sorts of things as well so it's probably my favorite thing because yeah you know, it's quite a, it's not just a notepad that's no. what's going on and i think that's a, you know our purpose of kick is to inspire people to live their best life so we never see it as a stationary brand we see ourselves as you know helping people live their best life whatever that is but journaling i think is really powerful and a lot of people actually ask me um, how I didn't get burnt out because a lot of when you work so much mm. as you do have to do when you are um, a small business but I think journaling actually was the thing one thing that kept me sane because I I journal about all my issues and, and I'll actually throw it away because um, not I have two different journals one journal there I just put all my negative thoughts or challenges or problem solving and I don't share that um, I just throw that but there's not I'm not sharing that's not the right word I don't save that because um uh, I don't want to see it again. Yeah. But uh, then I have another journal while I'm doing those, it's a, what I call my morning pages, three pages, and I throw it away. But then I always have lots of great ideas out of that that I then keep. And I, I think journaling is super powerful when you start a business because there's so much going on that it's sometimes nice to connect away from everything and just really capture ideas and thoughts and, and just recording things that is important to you yeah, i couldn't agree more it's sort of at the end of the day your brain's sort of running at 150 miles per hour yeah there's so many different things going on you'll have the good like the positive thoughts or ideas that you want to note down and also you'll have things that are troubling you or worrying you that actually if you put it onto paper you can sort of get it out of your head and allow yourself to sort of wind down yeah. actually take a break from it go to sleep because you you know oh, actually yeah i've got it under control i will deal with it but not tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like thinking on paper. I sometimes say when I need to think, I'm like, I'm just going to write about it first and then I'll see. So that's a good one. Thank you for sharing that. The last question for you, if you could go back to your younger self, say when you were in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? I've been asked a few times actually from, uh, we go back and do talks at school and they always uh, ask us that. And I think I would tell myself not to take things so seriously mm. that really is a time where you should enjoy yourself I think it's well I did enjoy myself at school but I think you know there's so stressed especially in this country with things like exams and yeah. making sure you tick all the boxes and, and things like that 
and that actually the world's a lot bigger and actually to really enjoy it maybe come out of your comfort zones and experience new things you know I was very typical as, as I said seven meals that I need on repeat my, my repertoire wasn't exactly global or you know so actually experience new things is just one thing I'd say and just you know whether that's food cultures people experiences places like really get out and, and enjoy the world because now more than ever it's easier to do so um, and actually you know your life's a lot more than the the sort of eight years you spend in education there's a yeah. lot lot after it as well to enjoy beautiful a beautiful way to end thank you so much first for this inspiring chat i think we could have spoken for hours and so much to cover but thank you so much for your time but also for all that you do to the world even though you're see yourself as the uk i feel like you are touching um people around the world already so i am excited to see what you are going to do in your future and all the dreams coming true so thank you so much thank you very much for having me lovely to chat i just loved speaking with miles as a fellow food lover and believer in the importance of a healthy lifestyle i could have spoken to him for hours I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. I just love how three friends were able to create the mindful chef out of a simple idea, but also how they were able to build its purpose around clear values, which helped them not only to drive the business to success, but also to spread a positive message of health, sustainability, and the environment around the world. Something else I really loved is the idea that we are so much more likely to succeed and create long-lasting changes when we break down our huge goals and dreams into smaller behavioral changes. I could not agree more. So often we get overwhelmed by the size of our dreams and goals that we give up before we even begun. If you are looking for more inspiration and guidance on breaking down your goals and dreams, my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, is a perfect place to start. You'll find plenty of chapters around discovering your values and how you can help to find your true purpose, as well as how to turn your dreams into bite-sized actions and really start on the path to living a life you love. Remember, the hardest but also the simplest part of anything we do is making a start. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration. And please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would also love your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. So please help us spread this message by sharing our podcast with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. And if you want to see more about what's happening in my world, you can follow me on Instagram at Christina Kiki Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.